Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. This is a Rogue Media Network podcast. Welcome to Purpose Driven Sobriety. Thank you for joining the Purpose Driven Sobriety Podcast. My name is Christine and I'm an alcoholic. Um, Today's sponsor is actually um, PurposeDrivenSobriety.com where we have t-shirts that are um, recovery and faith related that um, help support the show. Just a very small portion of each t-shirt is a profit and it goes to um, this cause is to do this podcast. So, and also be sure to uh, check us out on social media, Purpose Driven Sobriety. Um, There is a Facebook page and then a private group that you can also get into where we just share all the things regarding um, recovery. So, without further ado, today I got me on a normie um, and I just (laughs) happened to uh, have papers on him. Um, The Hubbins Rick is here with me today to do um, purpose-driven topics, and I know, I know, I've done this before with some of the girls in in um, in recovery that have come up and and talked with me, and we've chosen topics. But I figured it'd be fun to um, see a normal person, an Earthling, uh, pull out topics and see what what he has to say about them. So, which you know, here's the deal: every single one of them, every single human deals with each and every topic that's in here. So I figured it'd just be fun to get together and and um, and do that. So hi, Rick. Hi, Christine. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Thank you for coming is on here. The, is that um, the salutation? Uh, that is my salutation. Yeah. Um, so what you're what we're doing is we're we're just gonna we've got a fishbowl. If you're listening, um, you can also watch this by the way on YouTube if you choose to. Um, uh, we just pull a topic out and just wherever the spirit leads you. Got it. Okay. So how about you go first? I'll go first. And that's the first time I've ever been called a normie. You are a normie. Slips. Okay, well, now, so in recovery world, slips means to relapse. Relapse, right. But, you know, the way, and, and you and I, and, and for those of you who who don't know, you can go back and listen to Rick's episode. I can't, it was within the first five. I can't remember which one it was. Um, but... Um, he has come basically through recovery with me. So having slips, I mean, it doesn't necessarily have to do with alcohol. We've talked about how you have, have said that you're kind of in recovery from anger. You had some oh, anger huge, yeah. issues. Mm-hmm. So slips could be slipping back into old behavior. So Well, I and I find to... myself doing that almost daily. Yeah. I mean, you know, not, not so much to where I just, uh, I act on it, but the thoughts and the... You know, probably very similar to what you go through. I mean, I, I know that, you know, you you um, uh, you have thoughts of, you know, what it would be like to take a drink again and, you know, the the um, repercussions of that. Uh, but, yeah, the, the, the slips, is, you know, somebody cuts you off and 
you know, you get that anger. Mine has always uh, been to the point, or used to be, uh, where you would take action on it. Mm-hmm. You know, not well, that so, would make you feel better if you did. Or, well, yeah. at least temporarily, kind, mm-hmm. kind of like you know, like a you know, a couple of shots of you know Jack Daniels or a couple of shots of tequila would mm-hmm. you know for you know an alcoholic. But mm-hmm. you know the the uh, the repercussions of that is something you've got to look at the consequences of of your actions and what happens if you know mm-hmm. what would you do if um, yeah mine was anger. I mean you know it, mine was a life of angry all the time at everybody, you know, and the recovery that I've gone with you, you know, has, has helped me get closer to God, has given me more tranquility, has helped me become a, uh, more of a, um, um, at peace, not only with myself, but other people, mm. you know, putting things in priority, mm-hmm. you know, what, what really matters, you know, does that guy cutting you off? And I remember, <laughs> I'll tell you the story, the, the story, I'll tell him the story. Um, you know, when we got the bracelets, the WWJD the WWJD bracelets. Yeah. bracelets, you know, <clears throat> and, and going home from our house, there is a, uh, uh, it goes down to from two to one lane. And, you know, of course, all the you know, Billy Bluetooths, you know, that get up in the second lane, it's going to cut in front of everybody because they want to be first. Um, and the first time that we had the bracelets, I had one on and um, um, the guy pulled up next to me. And, and instantly I, your hand gets tighter <laughs> around the steering wheel because no, you're, you're like, oh, hell no, yeah, you, you ain't don't deserve, <laughs> you can't be in front of me. You don't deserve to be in front of me. Um, <laughs> so and of course the light turns green. And we start to go and I put my hand up and I look down and I see the, the uh, bracelet. Fine. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So slips are easy. Mm -hmm. Slips are real easy uh, for anyone, you know, trying to be a better person, trying to change your life. Um, And it's a constant reminder of um, maybe not what you should do, but not, but what you shouldn't do. Mm -hmm. You know, because all it takes is one. Mm-hmm. Then the second one's easier. And the third one's easier after that. Until you find yourself back into the pit of where it was at before you, you know, before you started on the road to recovery. Mm-hmm. So. Well, and the same thing with, with, you know, with recovery. I mean, you know, at first glance, a slip would be a relapse where I drank again. Right. You know, but just like you said, it's, you know, in, fi- in, in, the epiphany that I had in first getting sober, you know, when my sponsor said that alcohol wasn't my problem, I thought my head was going to spin off because I thought, <laughs> how, how can that possibly be? That doesn't make any sense. But I have since learned that alcohol was not my problem. I was my problem. So it, at that, in that light, that puts us both on equal, you and I on equal, um, defects territory you know whether it be anger or fear or resentments or you know pick one selfishness Um, yeah i mean i think that's the root of the whole thing so so for me you know you know relapse you know i heard people say when i first got sober um you know relapse is a part of recovery and it's like "Mm, doesn't have to be 
It was for me. Make no mistake about it. But I wasn't in recovery when I relapsed. And I relapsed hard. Um, you know, y'all can listen to my story, um, uh, the Meet Your Host episode and, and hear about that. But, um, you know, since that day, I've not put any form of alcohol in my body since March 14, 2012. But I still have selfishness, self-centeredness, resentments, anger, fear. I still have all those things that I can slip back into old behavior and me slipping back into old behavior will lead me to a drink. Sure. So, so yeah, it, like I said, we, the, in that sense, it puts us on equal ground. Okay. My turn. My turn. Throw it back in? No. Oh, let me do with that one. Oh, honesty. Honesty. Um, so, you know, you might go, okay, well, well, I had become quite well at, um, you know, I was a liar and I wasn't, I wasn't a liar because I was a liar. I was a liar because I was sick. You know, I was a liar because I had a spiritual malady that, that told me things. And thus I shared, you know, I was, I wasn't a liar because I was a liar. And so the honesty thing, you know, for me, and, and I just had went to the 12 o'clock meeting today, um, AA meeting today. And, and we were talking kind of about that, how, you know, for me, honesty is the only thing I can do. You know, my agreement with God when I got when I got sober on March 14, 2012, was that I would never tell a lie again, ever, ever, no matter what. And there have been occasions, very rarely, in in first getting into recovery, where I caught myself, which is so funny when I say this, you know, telling maybe a little white lie, which lies aren't colored. Yeah, right. they're not. They're not colored. Um, it either is or isn't. And, but, but, you know, since I, I, I am, I am probably the most honest person I know, but I lie to myself every single day. You're, you're so fat. You're stupid. You'll never be able to figure that out. Why are you even doing this? You know, those kinds of things that go through my head are just lies, you know? And so lately, even going on 12 years in recovery, I find myself challenging myself to see me how God sees me, you know? And when I say those things to myself, catching and and stopping it right then, you know? Um, but, but there are some, like, we have a couple of family members that cannot handle, you know, um, honesty very well. And so they stay away from us and which is, which is okay. You know, that's, we can love someone from afar, but you know, honesty when you, there is, there is a new level of peace when you don't have to worry about what you've said to someone that, you know, to remember the lies. I mean, there's just a new, a new level of peace to just know that you are who you are to anyone and everyone. And it, you know, with that, you know, integrity that, that, you know, who are you when nobody's looking kind of thing, but honesty. And it's so funny because I'll have people, um, you know, social media or people that interact with us that were like, Oh my gosh, you're just so honest. I just love you. And it's like, when did honesty become a compliment? Well, it's a breath of fresh air for most people. I know. Right. Yeah. And that's sad. Well, it is sad. And, and, you know, uh, you know, you, 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 we've heard time and time again, you know, 
you know, when when you uh, when you meet the father, uh, the only thing that you're going to stand in front of him with is your character, which is honesty. Mm-hmm. You know, how, how honest have you been throughout your life? And I think that's one of the one of the things that, that everybody needs to work on. You know, there, there, and there's not um, there's not a degree of right and wrong. You know, we've taught our kids, you know, do the right thing. You know, treat people the way you'd want to be treated and do the right thing. Do you want people to lie to you? Mm-hmm. Then don't lie. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a, uh, you know, honesty is a, uh, is a character building. And there's no degree of honesty. You, you're, either, uh, you're either lie or you don't lie. You know, and you can't, uh, you can't, um, uh, you, you can't pick and choose what you're what you're going to be honest about but i got to tell you i got to tell you though that that there is there is such a thing as you need to check your motives when you're going when you're at times when you're being honest with someone you know like for instance um we were talking about that again at the meeting today you know where where if you <clears throat> Let's put it this way. If you were to sit here and, and be having a conversation with someone and you go, yeah, and two and two plus two is five. You know, my instant thing, if I'm being very honest with myself, my instant thing is I want to correct you so that I am above you. There's no two ways. There's no way to decorate. Right. That's just the truth. So in reality, what I should, you know, it, 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 am I correct? Would I be correcting you? to make you a better person, to help you enlighten you. No, that's not, that's not the honest truth. And when you really unpack all of that. Um, so checking the motives behind honesty, you know, if there's something that you feel like you need to say to somebody, you know, that um, checking your motives is really super important. And if you're not sure where your motives are, thank God, that's why I have a sponsor where I can call and go, here's what I'm thinking. Is that correct or is that true or, or am I selfish? You know, I still I have to do that at times. Yeah, know? because we want to be right. Mm-hmm. You know, but but there's a there's a line between being honest and being cruel. Being a jerk. Yeah. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. um, you know, you know, does how does this how does this sweater make me look? Well, it's stupid looking. <laughs> That's being honest, but it's also being cruel. You know, well, you know, it doesn't look bad, but maybe another sweater would be a different, you know, mm-hmm. different look on you. Yeah. You and I have a thing with that. Let, let's can you get out let's get out our dirty laundry yeah because there are times where i i of course but you but you do have a point sometimes i'm not i'm a i'm a i'm a little bull in a china cabinet or china store or whatever they say i know i'm, I'm admitting it um but, but there are times where it's like you know i could say to you oh maybe another sweater and you're gonna get butt hurt every well, because sing- i want to be right every single time you get butt hurt so I, I've gotten to where it's like, if you just want to look like a dummy, then look like a dummy. <laughs> Whatever you want to do. That's honesty. <laughs> anyway, okay, pick another topic. My turn. Your turn. Go, come on, come on, come on. Good one. Sponsorship. Okay, let's talk about that. Yeah, let's talk about that. And, and, and <clears throat> let, let me tell you, one of the things that I've found, um, you're my sponsor. I mean, our travels through this, you know, recovery and, you know, the addiction process. And I've been, you know, I've been, a, I've, I've been not a normie, but a, um, a third party. Um, Willing participant. Tag along. Willing participant. <laughs> Willing participant. Tag along. Um, but I think everybody needs a sponsor. 
whether it's um, or in or in or in earthling terms, a, a spiritual partner is what like I tell a spiritual some of my partner, a spiritual someone partner. that you yeah. can, um, you know, not necessarily someone that leads the example, which would be you know of course, you know the best way to do it, but you know someone that you can talk to, someone that you can uh, draw from, someone that uh, has has got um, um, some. Um, offerings of a better way to live your life. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. um, you know, I know you have a sponsor, um, you know, and when things get kind of tough, you know, you pick up the phone and you call her or you mm -hmm. have lunch with her, or you have breakfast with her or something. Mm -hmm. But it's that connection where someone might say, um, there might be a better way to do this. You know, because given on our own, we're going to do what's best for us, mm -hmm. not necessarily the best thing to do, but what we feel like is the best thing for us. Mm -hmm. That selfishness comes into play mm -hmm. and we live a life of selfishness, you know, from from an instant that we are uh, able to walk, talk, understand, you know, it's it's drilled into our head. <clears throat> you can do anything you, that you want to do. You can be anything that you want to be. And those are not bad things, but, you know, there is a, um, um, there is a, I think there's a line that you can do anything that you want to do, but you don't have to kick people. You don't have to run over them. You don't have to step on them. Um, and I think the, the sponsorship is one of those things that helps you to, uh, to find your way of the right way and the best way to do things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and, you know, sponsorship for me is, um, someone that I have given the authority to call me on my stuff without consequence. I mean, I have given her the authority to tell me how I am or how I'm being or how I should be. Whereas I love you, but there are times maybe I'll share something with you that if you said to me, maybe you're being a little selfish, I would claw your eyeballs out. Right. <laughs> um, whereas with her, it's like, crap, you know, maybe I am. It, You know, I have, like I said, it's so important because if you have not given that person the authority to be honest, right, it won't work. The relationship won't work. Um, or it won't work to the, to the, to the, to its full capabilities, if you will. And the same thing, if you're, you know, I, I, we have a lot of, of, um, uh, normies that listen to this show, people who aren't alcoholic, but they still have alcoholic behavior, mind you, you know, we, I think we've distinguished the difference. Um, but, but yeah, having a spiritual partner and that's just another human being that you trust enough to give you the authority to, and that's, and that's actually having a conversation with another human being and saying, listen, here's the kind of relationship I would love to have with you. Are, are you willing, you know, and it's just, it's invaluable. I mean, it's, um, because sometimes my emotions and, and my thinking are, are, are just so wrecked or so screwed up at the time that I just can't see the right thing to do. 
because you're right, I'll make it about me. And that's 100% of the time the wrong thing to do. But I can't see that. If I'm in the in this middle of a storm, I can't see it. So she's the voice outside the storm to go, hey, come this way. You know, come this way. Have you thought about doing this? You know, and it's not a, you need to do this or well, you not, go yeah, do this. It's not somebody that's going to give you directions. A drill sergeant, and, right. You know, here's the instructions and you do one, two, three, four, five. And, you know, this is the way you're supposed to live. It's not, it's not that. It is someone that you can talk to. Mm-hmm. Someone that you can share things with. Mm-hmm. Uh, someone you can talk to and share things with without being judgmental. Mm-hmm. Because most of the time, even, you know, even if it's a close friend, you know, the thing in the back of their mind, you know, when they, you know, tell me what to do, Um, you know, nobody needs to tell you what to do. Uh, Being able to um, to think about it and talk about it and start to work those things out in your own mind, I think is the important thing of a sponsor. Well, and the beautiful thing about about my sponsor and how I sponsor is I'm, I'm all, I don't have the answers. I don't have the answers. And she would tell you, she doesn't have the answers. She always directs me to the one that does, which is God. She yeah. always says, which it drives me freaking crazy. Cause I'll be spinning like the Tasmanian devil and I'll call her. And she's like, what, what does God say? And I'm like, I don't know. I called you. You know, and she's like, well, I'll tell you what, why don't you ask God what he thinks and then let me know what he says and let's talk about it. You know, so it's just always been a a great relationship. So, okay, let's, let's do my turn now. Ooh, perfectionism. Perfectionism. You know what I learned recently is, is perfectionism is a form of pride and ego. And so it is, yeah. it, huh? And selfishness. And I mean, everything. It it's, is, it's, it's it is a, it is not a good quality to have. It's always great to want to do well, but once you have done your best, you should be able to go, that is enough, you know, and, and put that down. I am a perfectionist that I, I'm, I'm not near what I used to be, but you know, um, with, you know, I'm a, I'm a 54 year old ADHD, you know, uh, person that, that is unmedicated, mind you. But, but so, I mean, I have to have things a certain way in my area, a certain way for me to be able to function properly. I mean, my, you know, we laugh because my desk, you know, Rick and I work together. Um, my desk, I can tell if someone's been sitting at my desk, it's, it's like the, the three bears Goldilocks and the three bears it's like I can tell if someone's been sitting here my staplers moved or there's a pen that's not clicked it's you know but but perfectionism is thinking that it's it's an outward thing because I'm I need you to think a certain way about me so I'll kill myself trying to be perfect and you're trying to have right which is which is self it's immediately self-defeating so trying to do your best is is always wonderful. That's a great thing to do. But once you've once you've done that and you can honestly say, I have done my best, you should be able to put that down. What is and most perfectionism people can. to you? Well, yeah, I mean, you know, I think it's, um, you know, for for people that strive to be perfectionists, um, it is a um, uh, it's. Maybe not pride, maybe um, 
uh, where you um, have a lack of self-esteem. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you want to be a perfection because nothing else would be acceptable by anyone else. Or you think. Or you think that yeah. it wouldn't be acceptable by anyone else for yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you, yeah, it's, um, you know, to have things that uh, in your life that are in order uh, that um, uh, has to be the same way each time um, only only starts to turn into frustration um, and unhappiness with yourself Mm -hmm. because you'll never get it. Mm -hmm. You know, if you want to be a perfectionist, that's um, uh, do your best, but you'll never be perfect. Mm -hmm. And never being perfect will always lead to that, to that um, uh, frustration, which will lead to Anger, anger which will lead to drinking mm-hmm. which will lead to or acting you know, out and having yeah, absolutely yeah you know all the other things that, that go along with the uh <clears throat> our imperfections of life mm-hmm. yeah there's nothing perfect perfect um regardless of who you are mm-hmm. uh only one person in this life has ever been perfect mm-hmm. or ever will be mm-hmm. i agree okay your turn my turn Oh, character defects. <laughs> oh, I thought I took that one out. <laughs> I don't have any of those. Okay. Uh, where's that honesty one? Let me right, get that yeah. one back. Perfection. Where's that perfection? Character defects. Uh, you know, we've, we've all got them. Um, you know, you can, you can have, you can be in a room of, you know, um, you know, 30 people and there'll be somebody that you just don't like for whatever reason. Now, the question is, what character defect is that? Is it of them or is it of you? You know, um, God said the greatest thing or Jesus said the, the greatest thing was to love thy neighbor as thyself. Wow. How do you do that? Mm. You know? What is that a character defect, not being able to do that? What exactly is a character defect? Anything that gets, in, in my humble opinion, anything that gets between you and God. You know, the, in which, you know, we, which is why the steps, the, 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 the program of recovery is so, is so beautiful because the steps help you iron those out. And just as soon as you get up to 12, you slide down the banister and get to start over, you know, step one, what am I powerless over? Is my life unmanageable because of it, you know, and then getting to step four, you know, you list out your resentments and your, and then, you know, getting over to the last column on step four, it's like, where, where was I wrong in this situation? You know, which always is where the meat and potatoes are because you know, if, if I'm, and it says in our literature on four, page 417 that if we are disturbed, it's because a person, place, or thing is not doing what we want, we them, to want do. them to do. So whose problem is that? Right. Right? So yeah. the, the character defects, I mean, I, I don't think I have near as many as I did. But yeah, I, this will be a work in progress. I get to do this for the rest of my life. You know, but the beautiful thing is I get to do this for the rest of my life. Well, you know, what is what is it? You know, is it honesty or lack of honesty? Is it, um, you know, is it pride? Is it, um, 
you, you know, any any of those things that we've already talked about, you know, are those character defects. And, and I think it's, you know, as we go through life, we, we're going to we're going to have character defects regardless of what we do or or how good we are or what we're striving to do. Um, and I think our goal is to to uh, maybe have less character defects at the end than we did, you know, at the beginning of our journey of life. Mm-hmm. You know, we, well, we and the, but, the, but again, the beautiful thing about recovery is there is a solution, right? That because a lot of people have all kinds of character defects, but aren't don't have the self awareness to know. That, that that that's what's going on whereas we have the steps to where if we're if we are disturbed it's like okay what's going on and and we have a way of releasing those those defects as they cause harm to ourselves and to other people you know through the steps so okay enough of that icky one let's find a good one. Oh, oh, this is a good one prayer so um i you know and it's it's funny because as a and it may sound weird, but I don't pray um, because I, I have a, I have just an open dialogue. I mean, I, with God all day, every day, um, never ceasing. You know, um, may do the, you know, good food, good meat, good God. Let's eat, you know, at dinner kind of thing. You know, for the benefit of, of family members or or people that are present with us that maybe don't pray that often or what have you. But that to me, you know, the um, the structured, you know, I, I, I just have a conversation with God. You know, I, I don't, you know, the, the saying the exact same thing every single time you pray, which, okay, if that's your thing, then cool for you. Um, for me, it's, it's, you know, um, sometimes the, my, my simple prayer, which is again, a, a thought I have towards God is just help, you know, or use me or what do I do now? Or, you know, um, the these and the thous and the all that kind of stuff, you know, I think here's my point. God just wants a relationship with us and, and having a conversation the way you and I are having. I'm honest. You know, a lot of people feel like they can't get mad at God. I get mad at God all the time. He can handle it. You know, I um all the time because things may not be going my way. But at the end of the day, I trust him and and I want his will for me not my own because my own got me into some pretty dark places. Well, but, but, you know, I think the misconception is, is, um, uh, you know, you're supposed to, you know, get up in the morning and kneel down and, you know, humble yourself before God and pray. Prayer doesn't have to be a formal conversation or it doesn't have to be something that's formal that you Mm -hmm. do. Yeah. I, you know, I said a prayer coming up in the elevator. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, uh, my morning prayer is, you know, uh, Father, thank you for the for the night. Thank you for, you know, um, thank you for the new day. Please help me to do the things that you want me to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, guide me. And every time uh, something happens, um, I think I say a little prayer, you know, um, you know, put the words in my mouth that will honor you. Uh Help me to say something to someone that will um, that will bring them closer mm. or give them a little joy for the day. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and I've gotten uh, I think you've mentioned it a couple of times. I've I've gotten to the point where I like to see the expression on 
a waiter or waitress's fate when I say, hey, how's your day going? Mm -hmm. Oh, it's okay. It'll get better. Just acknowledging. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, and being genuinely um, prayerful for them. Yeah, prayer doesn't have to be a formal uh, talk between you and God. Mm -hmm. Prayer is constant. Prayer is all the time. Well, and it's funny because in in the in the literature, the big book, you know, the, from the third step prayer, you know, there's a there's a third step prayer that does not end with amen. The only time there's an amen in the book is after the seventh. Really, I didn't step know that. prayer. Yeah. yeah. So so it said that anything between the third and the seventh is a constant, you know, conversation constant with God. Time, yeah. yeah. But um, but yeah, prayer, you know, it's one of those things. And it, and it always strikes me funny because I was this person as well prior to, to getting into recovery where, you know, something really bad will happen and it's going to, you know, someone will say, all we, all we can do now is pray. And it's like, oh my gosh, that needs to be the first <laughs> thing you're doing. It should be the first thing you're doing. First thing in the morning, last thing at night and because, everything in between. Well, yeah, be, yeah, but because God, you know, God is a gentleman. He will not go where he is not invited. And, and if you find yourself getting into any type of a situation, that's the, that's the first thing you should do. Then if there's physical or, or you know, whatever, act, uh, you know, actions that need to be taken. But but you got to invite God into the situation instead of waiting, waiting until, you know, you're climbing the walls and then you're doing what's called the foxhole prayer. You know, God save me from, you know, and anyway. So I promise prayer. I'll do better. The, the, right, yeah, right. I Start reading this and I promise I'll do better. <laughs> that, that movie, I can't remember the name of it with Burt Reynolds. We looked it up not recently, not, not too long he's ago. Swimming, where swimming he's, he's going to kill himself. So he, he, he swims out into the middle of the ocean. He's, I'm out of here. I'm done with this life. And I'm and then all of a sudden he has this epiphany that he wants to live. And he's like, God, if you'll save me, I, I promise not to do this, this. And he starts swimming towards the shore. And as he gets a little bit closer, you know, he's like, oh, God, if you, pro- I promise not. I'll give okay, you well, maybe I'll, do, but I won't do this anymore. You know, it, 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 anyway. And by the time he gets to shore, he's yeah, got one or two things got, he yeah. says he's not going to do yeah. anymore. That's just such as life, man. <laughs> and then Dom DeLuise tries to kill him when he gets on, yeah. when he gets on shore. <laughs> okay, your turn. But, you know, we live our lives of, um, you know, wantings without prayer. Mm-hmm. Well, ingratitude, you know, uh, uh, I mean, how many times do you just stop and say, God, thanks, God, you know, for I, I just, you know, getting all the green lights between here and the office. It's like, I, I think I'm the queen of Sheba, you know, and, and it's like, thanks. Thanks for that, God. Not Maybe it is. Maybe it isn't. I choose to believe it is. So anyway. OK, what'd you get? Attraction. OK. Um. You know, and I think that the first thing that comes to mind when someone says attraction is, you know, you look at someone, you go, oh, they're attractive. Or you look at, you know, you're attracted to them. You know, the fact is, is that, um, you know, it's a law of attraction. You know, giving it to God is um, uh, you, you the, the attraction there is the uh, is the serenity, the peace, the, the thing that you get. And the more that you give it to God, the more of what you're looking for in life will, you will get in return, the law of attraction. Um, you know, and people say, 
Well, you know, if you, you know, if you think about money, you'll be attracted to money. Yeah, we have to, uh, we have to learn, we have to relearn um, or unlearn that, um, you know, the, the, the thing that we measure success by is not always how much money we're making mm-hmm. or how much money we make. You know, I think that's indicative of, you know, look at the, look at the people in Hollywood and look at the, um, the um, uh, people that have, uh, you thought had the world by the tail. Mm-hmm. I think Steve Jobs said that, um, um, that um, he died, he died in his 50s. Uh, and he said that the closer he got to death, the less importance of his life and making money has become. No, I imagine. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, um, but the attraction. But uh, but what I have found is that, um, you know, happiness attracts happy. Um, contentment attracts contentment. You know, and you find yourself surrounding yourself with people that are like you. And that, Good and bad. Well, good and bad, absolutely. Um, so you got to be careful um, of who what's you, inside. Who yeah, you, yeah. Who you start to hang out with? What's inside? Because yeah. I mean, resentment, anger-filled people, um, you know, toxic people attract toxic people. Well, and you get, you know, I mean, that's the same thing. You know, you get a kid in high school that, you know, you you say, you know, the term is, you know, you fell in with the wrong crowd. You know. That was an attraction. Mm-hmm. That was a negative attraction, but it's the same thing. It was mm-hmm. an attraction. Mm-hmm. But, you know, surrounding yourself with people that you want to be like and that you've, you get something from um, and um, the um, fulfillment and just the serenity of life. Mm-hmm. Well, in, in, in attraction, in, in um, recovery sense, is you know in in our literature it's attraction rather than promotion like you don't you don't turn on the tv and see um you know television uh commercials regarding aa you know there's not big publications in in magazines you know saying hey come join alcoholics anonymous you don't see billboards you don't see you know (laughs) magnetic signs on the side of cars you know alcoholics anonymous it's attraction and and that's where you know um I, I I don't very often use the proper term AA on on this show. Um, I do because it's part of my journey. It's 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 a part of my life. I still get to almost twelve years um, in recovery. I still get to go to at least two meetings a week. I still talk to my sponsor every single week. Um, but the attraction part for for me is my behavior, um, the way I carry myself, the way I speak. Um, you know, the, the whole, the whole idea is that if someone is, is, and again, I'm speaking in the, in the recovery world, if someone is suffering from the disease of addiction and they see, I'm, I can, and again, I can only speak for myself. They see me speaking about it or talking about it and, and I'm not grandstanding. I'm just simply telling my truth. There's an, a soul to soul, like attraction right there that, that hopefully they say, I want what you have. Where did you get it? 
And I can say, hey, meet me downtown at 12 o'clock. I'll show you, you know, and that's that's the attraction versus promotion. But but along the same lines with anything, you know, if you want a child, you know, you can't you can't raise your children. It doesn't work. Do as I say, not as I do. Because that attraction of what you're doing is going to be stronger than your words, you know. So, so if you're smoking, drinking, you know, gallivanting around, or or you're angry, or you're toxic, or whatever, your kid is going to become attracted to that, and that's what they're going to become. So don't you know? gallivant. Yeah. So just not knock it around with the yeah, knock it off with the gallivant. Well, you know, it's like Chuck and Mary. And yeah, I don't, I don't know if you've talked about a Chuck little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were, you know, spiritual. the attraction that they had, uh, you Partners. know. Um, you know, with us, I mean, it was, you know, just amazing, amazing people that, uh, was so content with their life, uh, and their relationship with God, that when you walked away from them, uh, you couldn't, couldn't help think about, you felt fed, you felt fed. Yeah. I want, I mm -hmm. want what he's got. Mm Mm-hmm. I want to be like him, not necessarily be like him, but I want his, I want his conviction. I want his uh, contentment. I want his peace. I want, and you knew what it was, mm-hmm. his relationship with God. And he didn't have to tell you. <clears throat> At all. He didn't have to, it was that, he used that attraction, yep. you know, to. And you walk away from a conversation mm-hmm. with him and you just knew. Mm-hmm. You just knew. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the attraction. That's good stuff. Okay. I think it's my turn. Okay, let's see what we have here. Ooh. Worry. <laughs> so. Lack of faith. Worry, worry is, um, worry is also, you know, it all, it all comes back down to me. Any type of negative emotion always just needs to turn around and point right back to me, because if I'm worrying, I'm I'm saying basically, I know better than God, and I don't trust Him. Or I want to take control over it, and I'm not sure what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't I don't worry near what I used to. I would sit here and be a liar if I said I never worry. I do worry on occasion but it's very short-lived um, because of the program of recovery. It, it is. It's because of the program of recovery. I, I have I have learned how to give things over to God. I've learned to um, talk to my sponsor if I'm worried about something because if I don't attack that negative emotion early on, I will drink again. And for me to drink again is to die, hands down. So the program saves me in in that sense you know i don't i do not have the luxury of a normal person to experience anger and worry and resentments and all of those things for extended period of time that that is a cancer a very fast growing cancer for someone like me so i think for everybody but for someone like me it's it's a suicide mission i mean easy to stay in stuff like that so what do you do with worry well, I found, well, let me tell you, I mean, my life used to be nothing but worry um, and anger. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it was it was the uh, control that, 
you know, I would worry about, you know, was I making the right decision? And if I didn't make the right decision, what was going to happen from there? And, you know, if that happened, you know, what was I going to do next? And I could future trip, you know, a year out. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the, the thing with worry is that not only does it make you, um, made me angry uh, because I didn't have control of the situation or the outcome, um, but it could also make you very depressed. Mm-hmm. You know, you worry about something that um, that you, you have, again, you have no control over anything. And I'm not saying that, you know, God didn't give you a brain that you could make uh, decisions and, and um, uh, have solutions to life, you know, life situations. But to worry about the outcome, uh, to worry about... Uh, you know, if I make this decision and this happens, what am I going to do with this? And oh my gosh, uh, and and to stay awake at night, you know, wondering and worrying. Um, you know, the the thing that I've learned with your recovery is let go and let God, mm-hmm. um, because uh, there is nothing in our lives that we have control over. You know, you and I get back in the car and go back to the office. There is absolutely. We have no control over the guy running the red light uh, and killing us both. Well, and I personally don't have control over the way you drive, but I'm not going to talk about that right now. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> but what? But you do have control over the way I drive because you tell me how to do it. <laughs> yeah, I have my imaginary break. <laughs> but you, you know, the the worry part uh, is a lack of faith. Mm-hmm. You know, Jesus told us. Worry about nothing, pray about everything. Oh, that's real easy to say. Well, of course it is, but it's a practice. Mm-hmm. You know, everything that we do in life as a, um, as, you know, a self-improvement is a practice. Mm-hmm. And when I say self-improvement, I don't mean trying to, uh, trying to be more attractive or trying to, to do something. I'm, I'm talking about, you know, trying to be more Christ-like in the things that we do, the way that we live, the way that we talk to people, uh, the examples in life that we make, that we do, uh, the decisions that we make. You know, we've talked about uh, honesty and attraction and uh, all these things is examples of what Christ told us that we should do to Mm -hmm. let go of that we'll be a better person. Mm-hmm. And the closer you get to God, the closer you get to Christ, uh, the more contentment you have. Well, and also, <clears throat> that's off on a little bit of a tangent, but the closer you get to God, the harder Satan's going to come after you. Oh, absolutely. He, didn't go after, he doesn't go after the bad people. <laughs> you know, it's one of those things that I see people in recovery all the time. You know, they're, they're, they feel like their life is getting worse. And it's like, if you recognize... You know, the boogeyman's not so scary when you open the door and can see him, you know, uh, you know, it's like, oh, the, the little pipsqueak in there. It's like, um, but when, so when you know what's coming after you, you can handle it. But, um, yeah, anyway. Okay. I think it's your turn. I think we went twice. I did not. <laughs> Meditation. Hmm. What's the difference between meditation and prayer? Are you asking me or I'm are asking. you going to tell me? I'm, uh, I, I have an opinion of it. 
Okay, so the what 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 would be what would be your answer to that? Um, I think a meditation is uh, just a quiet time to um, to not talk to God, but let Him talk to you. Prayer is talking to God. Mm-hmm. Thank you, God. Thank you for the things that you've done. Mm-hmm. God, I've got a decision to make. Um, I'd like for you to help show me the way mm-hmm. or to show me the way. Meditation is uh, a quiet time to um, let go. And prayer is to let God. That's my opinion. Yeah, basically, I have the same answer. Prayer, prayer is talking to God. Meditation is listening. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, when someone says, you know, prayer is not the, you know, you sit Indian style and, you know, middle um, fingers in. Um, yeah, that's not that's not it. Um, meditation is is sometimes just being quiet, just saying, you know, God, do you have anything you want to say to me? Do you have anything you want to say to me? And, you know, for me, that was that was a learning thing because I, I don't I'm I'm not quiet and I'm not still ever. <laughs> you know, I, I just I, I can't, silence is deafening to me. Um, and so for me to get quiet, it took some, it, you know, even if you start out with with five minutes, you know, but for me, I had to have a, a piece of paper and a pen because, you know, and again, this is going to sound really weird, but you're a liar if you say it never happens to you. I, I can be sitting there, you know, feeling all peaceful and all gaudy and, and God, what do you want to say to me? And all of a sudden dead babies comes in my head or kill puppies or, you know, I mean, just the, the weirdest, most random dumb shit thing pops into my head. And it's like, weird. that was Satan throwing a bomb at me. Because the closer I try to get to God, the harder he's going to come at me. And that's one of those things where I'm not responsible for what I think. I'm responsible for how long I think it. So, so you know, dead ba- and I'm obviously I don't think about dead babies all the time. But I'm just giving a for instance. So obviously if something like that pops in my head, I can laugh it off and just go, nice try, Satan. God, what, what would you like to say to me? You know, and I've gotten pretty good at hearing from God. I mean, you, you hear me say all the time, God told me this. And I love you for not, th- you know, not make, I don't think you would ever make fun of me, but for not going, oh, God said that to you, you've are, you always, and I love you for that. Thank you for that. Um, all the way back to the WWJD bracelets or path, you know, the path of jewels thing that, that where I've said, you know, and it took great courage for me to say initially to say to you, God said to me, because I didn't know how you would react and I distinctly remember where you were sitting and and walking in the door from going to the title company. I went to the title company to pick up a check. And that's when God got in my car with me. I was freaking out over 2020. And, you know, God's like, okay, we got to get something to keep you busy. I want you to order some of those WWJD bracelets. I want you to give them away until I tell you to stop. And he still hadn't told me to stop. Well, we've given a few of those. And we've given <laughs> thousands and thousands away across the country when we travel and, you know, getting blood drawn and nurse. I'm like, what's your favorite color? But you have you have always supported me when I've said God has said this. And, you know, you're like, well, well who I, am you, I to say that he you better didn't. you better get busy, you know. But um, anyway, meditation is just listening to God. And, and here's the deal. I have adopted the thinking that even if that wasn't for from God, God will make 
good things come from it. That's, you know, maybe it was, maybe it wasn't. I don't, I felt it was. And so you have to act on it. Well, I, he's never, <laughs> he's never pointed you in a direction that was wrong. Right. You know, the, 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 the uh, uh, WWJD bracelets, you know, I mean, how could you go wrong doing that? Mm -hmm. You know, the, the, the path of jewels, the, you know, the, those are good things. Well, those and, are good things. and when it's from God, it's, it's, it's typically easy. It's, it's, it's easy. typically falls into place. There's not a whole lot of struggle and, it's and, mm -hmm, and it's good. Yep. yep. Okay. My turn. Yes. Let's see how we are on time. We still got about 10 minutes. Is it your turn? Yes. Serenity. Oh, that's something I'm experiencing now. Serenity, you know, um, the serenity prayer. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. That last part gets me every time. You know, the serenity prayer. And, you know, we, we Rick and I have a mortgage business, and, and you know, there it can be challenging at times. And, you know, you have a loan that looks like it's going to hell in a handbasket, and that's like I, you do what you can. And then you just, you have to just give it to God and go, you're, you're responsible for the results here. I can't do any more. I can't do any less, I, you know, and, and just to the trust. So, I mean, the serenity prayer saves me, I don't know how many times a day, you know. Well, you know, the second part of that prayer is, is, is to me, um, the strongest part of it. You know, living one day at a time, taking one moment at a, at a time, mm -hmm. you know, um, accepting hardships, accepting hardships, to pass me mm -hmm. to peace. Um, you know, the serenity of it, you know, we want our things to be good all the time. And, and you know that life's not like that. You're going to have hard times. Mm -hmm. uh, you, you're going to have you, you're going to have challenges. You're going to have uh, things that aren't going to go right. That's just life. Well, see, now I thought I thought for sure. When I got sober, I thought I, my troubles were over because I got sober. There's, there's what, you know, and, and it was, it was, you know, the, the oh boy, did troubles happen within the first month or so after, you know, getting sober, you know, relationship challenges and not you and I, but family relationship challenges. And it's like, wait, 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 wait. I'm sober. I'm you people. I'm, I'm sober. Everything is supposed to be fine now. And, you know, it, in the big, big book, as we say in recovery, which is the Bible, you know, God said, he didn't say, you might, you know, you might have some troubles or it's possible you could have some, you know, he said, you will, you're going to stub your toe a lot, but I'm going to, I'm going to give you the tools to handle that. And I will be there with you. You know, we live in a broken world mm -hmm. and being able to accept that uh is where the uh, serenity comes in the peace mm. um you know getting up in the morning and instead of being angry because it's morning time and you got to go to work and you oh uh, mm -hmm. you get up in the morning and you go good morning god mm -hmm. it's another day instead of good god it's morning right mm -hmm. yeah that's where the serenity the peace comes in Mm -hmm. uh, again, you know, we've, we've, I've already said it probably two or three times, giving it to God. Because you can't, you sure as heck can't do anything about it. I tried to control my life. I know how that turned out. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, that whole run in the universe thing, just you get tired. So. Yeah, and if you're wondering, if you're wondering, you know, I heard it someone talk about the other day, you know, we we, we go to bed thinking we, we didn't get enough done. We, you know, we 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 didn't, didn't have enough time and you wake up, I didn't get enough sleep. And it's just, that's a the perpetual constant, you know, frustration and, and what have you with your life. Whereas, whereas the counter, you know, the, to counterpart that, the counterpart to that is, is gratitude. You know, you, you can't experience a single, not one single negative emotion while you're in gratitude. Not one. You can't be angry and res- I mean, you can't be angry and grateful all at the same time. Right. It's impossible, you know? So that's where my sponsor does to me. I do to sponsees. I do to our children, you know, when they're in, in all kinds of sorts about them, you know, it's like, okay, tell me three things you're grateful for. Three things. Well, I don't know. Are you grateful that there's air right now? Do you have air to breathe? Okay. That's something to be, if nothing else, you know, there's air. Are you, are you thankful that you have a house? Are you thankful that, you know, whatever. Did you eat today? If you can get into gratitude, um, genuine gratitude, I just, it, it seems to take away the stings of, so anyway, that's a whole nother pop. Okay, why don't you do um, one more? You get one more. Yeah. Unity. Hmm. The uh, more I practice the serenity, the gratefulness, the um, thankfulness, the, the, the more that I feel um, my unity or, or my closeness with God, um, every time um, I've done... I'm going to look up the definition of unity. Unity. Being as one or uniting. Go continue. Um, and I think that's important. You know, when 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 Christ was on Earth, um, the the um, the thing that I think that he he wanted us to realize is that. You know, there is a possibility of we can have a little slice of heaven here. We, we don't have to worry. We don't have to, um, uh, we don't have to be frustrated all the time. We don't have to be angry all the time. We, um, uh, we can have uh, the peace and serenity that he had and that we can experience and just a little bit of taste. You know, we're all gonna die, Everyone, everybody. It's the one thing that everybody does. It's the one thing that people prepare the least for. And it's uh, it's the one thing that most people won't accept. Oh, we know it's going to happen. We know that's going to happen. Um, and when it does, we're going to be reunited with God. Whether it's we're absorbed in Him, whether we we. But, you know, nobody really, really knows because nobody has gone and come back. And, you know, we've had a little glimpses of it. But the fact is, is that my belief, there'll be a, a, a unity with God that will surpass anything that I've ever experienced here on earth. 
Um, the definition of unity per Google. Google. The state of being united at, or joined as a whole. So in in you know in recovery, you know the 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 group is is a unity. The the, the group is you know to be united as one um, group is really important. You know to have that. I can remember. I can remember on March 14, 2012, when my sponsor said to me, are you ready to go? Because it's up three flights of stairs. Are you ready to go up and change your date? You know, and um, I remember sitting down in that chair and for the very first time in my entire life, I belonged. I wasn't trying to fit in. I belonged the way I was. You know, and, and I felt a part of, I felt it was, it was, um, indescribable, you know, um, you know, and as, as a human race, imagine if we, if we all felt like we belonged and didn't have to try to fit in. I mean, how, man, what a world that would be. Yeah. Cause we'd live that every day. Mm-hmm. You know, you go into a social, you know, environment or a business environment, or you're going into a meeting and, you know, you're, everything you do, you try to fit in. Uh Yeah, you've seen firsthand, I don't. (laughs) Much to Rick's chagrin, I think at at first, which you, you definitely, I don't know if you, if you got into the stream with me or if you just thought to hell with it, there ain't nothing I can do about it anyway. But yeah, what? Yeah, the the integrity with this girl is something else. Because I mean, if you're around me within within five minutes, not as if I set out intentionally, but being in recovery is who I am. That's a part of who I am, and and so if I find an, an avenue to share that, I'm gonna. Well, see, and I'm proud of you for that. And well, thank that, you. For that. that that just that I if more people would do that, you know, and we've said it before, and we we've expressed it before. You know, it, it's something that we sweep under the rug. You know, it's something that, that our society has made people feel ashamed of. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is, uh, it, it be, you being able to come out and say, I am pristine, I'm an alcoholic. Mm-hmm. To me, that's huge. Because that is, you, I don't know of a person that has not been either associated or know someone Effective. that has, yeah, mm-hmm. that, that, that hasn't experienced that alcoholism, the drug abuse, the, the, addiction. the addiction, whether, what we'll, does it matter what it is? Mm-hmm. The addiction period. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we as a society um, sweep it under the rug and act like it doesn't exist. The fact of the matter is, there's no, there's no social boundaries to it, mm-hmm. you know. And and I'm quite frankly, you know, I said it to you before. I'm a little jealous of you being able to, you being able to to have the privilege of going to meetings. Mm-hmm. That's something that a normie mm-hmm. doesn't get to do. All right. No, it is a blessing. It is a blessing. Well, and and one of those things that it's like there there are just so 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 many people that are dying in shame. And mm-mm, no, no, ma'am, no, sir, no, sir. You know, and and that's where the beautiful part of recovery is when you get so so comfortable with your darkness, 
you're willing to go into someone else's to help them find their way out. And I, I, you know, is God, God willing. And, um, as long as I've got breath in me, you know, um, I will continue to share, um, my experience, strength and hope so that someone who is, is still suffering, whether it's from addiction or, you know, other character defects, you know, um, that, that, you know, God used me that most dangerous prayer. So well, what I'll do my share to support you. No, I, I love, love you for that. Thank you so much. Thank you for being on the show today, Rick. I'm, I'm so, so grateful, grateful for you being Thank you for allowing it. You're welcome. Uh, thank you for listening to the Purpose Driven Sobriety Podcast. Please do check us out on social media, um, Facebook, Instagram, all the things, Purpose Driven Sobriety. Uh, keep coming back. You'll be blessed. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Purpose Driven Sobriety. Keep coming back. This has been a Rogue Media Network production.